Fisters, and welcome back to The Fist, The Whole Fist, and Nothing But The Fist, So Help Me Pod, the official Fistball Australia podcast. Or, I guess if you're short on time, uh, the TFTWFANBTFSHMPTOFAP. I'm your host for this episode, Chris Super Mario Milne, uh, and for a very brief period, I'm your only host, because you have tuned in for the second part of a two-part mega chat with our United States sprightly Fistball Oracle, Corey Darn. And I am only here to gracefully and gently segue you into the second chapter. If you haven't yet listened to part one, I would strongly recommend that you do that first. In that episode, we talked to Corey about what it's like to live in America right now and how the American Fistball family found its way onto the world stage after unknowingly punching in the shadows for decades prior. Uh, We also get a fascinating glimpse into the darn Fistball family legacy and of course Corey's long journey to the 2019 World Championships and beyond. However, if you've already smashed through that episode, then feel free to carry on. In the second part of what ended up being a 200-minute web chat, we cover the customary match review, being the 2018 US Men's Club Championships between WFA from Wisconsin and SSC from New Jersey. Uh, And then we smoothly slide into our notorious shout-out segment. And just as a gentle warning, um, there's a few swears in this episode, uh, you know, if that sort of thing bothers you. Anyway, enjoy. So anyway, the game review that we're doing today is the 2018 2018 US Club Championships, right? Yes, sir. Between between the Wisconsin Fistball Association and your club, SSC. Mm-hmm. Bit of a six-set thriller of sorts, bit of back and forth. It was, uh, scores were, I think it was 4-2 in the end. Yep. 10-12, 11 6 14-12, 11-5, 7-11, and then 5-11. So is that right? I'm not sure if that's right. But basically... Yeah, close enough. <laughs> you guys won the first set, and then Wisconsin won the next three, then you won the fifth, and then they won the sixth set. So it was pretty back and forth. It's actually quite a good game. Like, uh, looking at the lineups, it's pretty much... It's, I guess it's a combination of the 2015-2019 US team. Plus, uh, yeah, missing a couple guys, but but more or less there. Yeah, no, uh, no, no, Keith. Where was uh, Keith? Uh, put your put your lips a little closer to the phone. <laughs> yeah, Keith. Keith was playing with uh, Milwaukee uh, Fistball Club, the other one. Right, with uh, Jack Stern, right? Yeah, yeah, with Jack. Yeah, Keith and Jack, and then a couple other guys. Actually, the semifinal match before the SSC versus Milwaukee. It's actually a pretty good one too. It, it, that one actually went five sets, and that was earlier in the day. So we had already played a five set match, and then we played a seven set match later in the day. And then the day before, we had played three best of five matches. So it was a slammer of a weekend. So <laughs> I was going to comment that uh, one of my first observations in watching the game was maybe halfway through the first set, everyone looked absolutely rooted. <laughs> like everyone looked so tired after every hit. Heads were dropped. People were just like trudging back to their spot. I was like, it's either like really, really hot there and or they've just been playing a game earlier on in the day and probably it's been, the tournament's been going for a while. Yeah. If I remember if I remember correctly, the weather was perfect. I think it was really, really nice and it was just a lot of games. We played a lot of games that weekend. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a point. I think it's at the end of the third set 
maybe when they're sort of just about getting ready to start the fourth set. I think it's where when Todd Strasberger realizes that it's best of seven, not best of five, and he makes some really <laughs> snarky comment. It's like no one's ever played best of seven. Before. We don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> you can see he's, he's just realized that he's got yeah, yeah. potentially like four more sets to go, and he's not real happy about it. Definite, definite Todd move. And for the insider information, I think that was I think this was the first competition that we had played together with that lineup with Todd on our team. Because I think in, in April, we went to Germany to play in the IFA event. And uh, me, Chris, the guy who was playing in the middle, Chris Graham, maybe you guys know him. Yep. And then Matt Ogan, the, the tall gentleman. We had played together before and we were like, oh, this is cool. I like playing together. Let's get Todd involved. And so there was a lot of like chemistry shit that we were figuring out this match. So... I mean, I guess the way we'll talk about it is like, I guess we'll just go through general observations and then we'll go to our votes. But one of my general observations was that I was surprised that Matt Ogan was playing in the back yeah. and you were playing forward. Is that, was that normal? Because I thought he was usually the either secondary or main attacker, right? So the position I've always played in is in the front on the offside. Okay. Um, it's kind of that setter striker kind of kind of deal. Yep. Um, I think it was just it was the decision that was made and we, we stuck with it. I think it was Matt and Todd having that communication as volleyball partners. And, you know, it's not just, OK, setter and middle guy and, and hitter. It's 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 middle guy and the guy behind you communication yep. as well. Yep. So I think I think part of our tactic was okay. Matt's going to protect Todd. He's got the long reach as a defender. He can get those those kind of if someone just tries to take him out of the play, he can do that. Admittedly, I I don't think I played particularly that well as as a hitter. I think I set pretty well in the match, but you know decently. There were some pretty fucking awful shanks, but <laughs> we don't we don't, we won't dwell on those. Um, we'll get to them in the highlights. <laughs> but you're right there. As I was, we were talking before about you know possible different formations, and in the I formation or the flying. V, Matt, as yet, last line of defense, he's, he's so tall and he's got those long levers. He can basically defend the whole backfield just by standing in the middle of the field with his arms out. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and Matt's, Matt's wanted to play defense for a long time, so I think it was just like he wanted to be there. We messed around with some other formations earlier in the tournament too. Um, so I think it just ended up, that, that was just how it kind of ended up. And we, we did make a little bit of a switch at, at one point towards the end of a set, but I think at that point we, we were where we were. And, yeah. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't have a coach saying like, all right, guys, switch. It was yeah. kind of just us making those decisions. But yeah, I mean, Matt, I mean, Matt's played it. He played in the back uh, again in the whole Czech Republic match and, and played really well in that, in that match. So yep. he's incredibly versatile. He can play anywhere. Yeah. He's probably sick of being typecast as an attacker just because he's tall. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I can understand. He's a gentle giant, guys. You rang. <laughs> <laughs> What is that? No, that was that was my lurch impression. Adam's family, yeah, Adam's family. I don't know how that's applicable at all. I just, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just so interested in what you guys think of this match because for me, it's like I've known all these guys forever. I've watched this match a bunch of times. I know the circumstances of what we were playing under. You know what I mean? Like we've watched this tape a ton as a team and and, and said like, okay, what do we do here? And it, it feels like ancient history for me watching this match. So I'm I'm, I'm more curious what you, you guys have to think. I'd like to think I'm a better player now. So. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I mean, I've got some. I've got some impressions, Mal, and then you could probably have some. Um, yeah, definitely. One of my uh, first impressions for you, Corey, was um, it looks like your socks were pulled up, which is uh, pretty cool. <laughs> uh, gave you a bit of flair. That's a, that's a very important note because make those calves pop. This is an important part of the uniform, and and we had a lot of conversations about this in uh, in South America when we were playing together. Yeah. You got to make sure you have the right color socks because we had the white we had the white socks with the black stripes, and then we had the black socks with the white stripes. Right. So every morning, every morning, Steve would come over and be like, hey, Corey, 
what socks are we wearing today? Yeah. I would say, Steve, I told you the night before, we're wearing the black <laughs> socks with the white stripes. It's underrated. And it worked out. It's definitely underrated. Like, I think our first tournament where we were playing in Pakistan, we were all playing in various random socks. And when you look back at it, it looks ridiculous. Even though it's like this tiny thing right at the bottom of your feet, mm-hmm. you know, it stands mm-hmm. out. One guy's wearing like red socks, another guy's wearing black socks. God, I have the red socks. Yeah. Now uh, we sort of have wear these standard green ankle socks with the yellow stripe that I have about 85 pairs of. <laughs> But I actually got voted out on that. Now, see, I'm a fan of the long sock. I'm a socks up kind of guy. I always wore socks up when I played footy. Like I, I was, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd much rather a pair of footy socks and pull them up. Just I don't know why. You look, you look faster. Yeah. You always look faster with, especially white socks. Yeah. White socks are for winners. I was outvoted on the the 2019 national team, and I, and I'll say this to everyone on the U- U.S. national team: they voted for black. I voted for white. I wanted white socks. I guarantee we would have won those matches against Namibia and Czech Republic. Oh, definitely. Undisputable. If we were wearing white socks. <laughs> and I don't even want to predict where we would have been if we had worn red, white, and blue striped socks. Particularly, I don't I don't know if you've sat through the, the drunken obliteration shenanigans that was our last podcast, but I can't remember what Rich's translation was of the long white left sock. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's possibly your only way to go is just one knee-high white sock and then one sort of shorter crew sock, I think, is... is how you could take that over the top. One white sock is a good a good nickname for a fistball player. The long white sock. <laughs> That's going to be Carl Milliner's nickname yes. for the rest of his career is the, the long white sock or whatever whatever the Welsh translation of the long white sock was. I can't remember now. Yeah, Interestingly, that was the same in the um, the German championships game when uh, Unterhaugstedt, Mickey, Mickey Ochner was wearing the, the one long sock. I don't, so I'm not sure what that's about. It's just about power. That's where the power is. Well, I think actually you, you wearing the long socks, I think it actually did help it seemed like you're bouncing around out there i reckon my my first thought was like he's got a lot of energy he's like i think the socks were helping they were kind of giving you a bit of like a prancy look about you as you were like getting around getting close to the net getting to those sets it was um it was good to watch i mean if you guys listen with the sound on there's some pretty there's some pretty ruthless shrieks that i lay out in 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 this game and uh needless to say i was i was pretty i was very excited to be there uh, in in that moment I'm i'm a pretty vocal player when it comes to it so oh yeah. yeah there's one point in particular that i noted down it's when there's a fairly long rally in the fifth set and you win the rally to go up uh 10-7 and you just start absolutely <laughs> screaming and i was like hey Corey's pretty happy with that point that one really stood out there's a lot of uh yeah a lot of childhood trauma let out in that scream <laughs> childhood fistball trauma maybe <laughs> but honestly um, i thought it was like a, a bit of a masterclass in just general movement on the field like when Comparing it to an Australian team or Australian league, it's like we we're definitely a lot better than we used to be, but we can get caught ball watching definitely, yeah. or being a little bit stagnant and not reading the players that's happening. Whereas I felt like, to me, I was both teams tonight were just uh, in that game. Sorry, we're like moving a lot around the court, very quickly backing each other up, getting to the net to say how how far away the ball was. It was a good show of energy, I think, which was like super important to make because like there were a lot of points in this game that looked done, yeah, and they just kept yeah. going. The, the long rallies, I think I can also partially uh, credit towards something we call uh, foncrete, which is, uh, it was very dry on these fields. And, and fawn is, is friends of nature. And, and friends of nature is the club that Wisconsin fistball belong. They used to be a nudist calling, actually, oh. friends of nature. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> and, then, and then they went away. The name stayed for some reason. And then the fist, I don't know. I don't really know how it happened. I feel like that's a downgrade somehow. Right? As much as I, as much as I love fistball, downgrading <laughs> from a nudist camp to fistball 
Where's the nude fistball? That's what I'm asking. So the, the so the the park yeah the park where where Wisconsin fistball plays is called Friends of Nature, and so Fawn is the abbreviation for that. So we we call it Fawncrete when it's like end of summer, like dry, right? Like rough. Like so, if you ever if if it ever seems like anyone's not willing to hit the ground, it's because the ground is really hard. So obviously the ball bounces really high. So. Yeah. I think that that's why a lot of the rallies end up going so far. And I remember actually the day after this tournament, I had a giant bruise on the side of my hip that it's it was the biggest bruise I ever received. And and it was I, I actually I can probably find the the point where it happens. Yeah, well one one of the points I sort of did jot down is that it's a, it's a very picturesque backdrop yeah. that they have there. Like the camera view, it's nice. It's, it actually sort of reminded me a little bit of um, where we played uh, where the club is in Unterhauchstadt, where they're playing just sort of on the edge of the Black Forest, and it's like you can. Sort of this visible field and it's just a forest where you can't see anything through it basically it's a green field with a green backdrop and two teams playing in predominantly green which I thought was a fantastic <laughs> choice of team yeah, it's, hard, it's hard to tell uh, which team has a more aggressive uh, uniform choice is it the highlighter green chest or is it the green stripes with white team it's hard to say and and again there's there's very there's very few things really breaking up that all green theme but there's two things there was the, there was that red sort of barrier sort of thing on the right hand side but and on the left hand side the only thing that really stands out is the toilet block yeah and all I can see the entire game is every time someone goes to the toilets I'm like oh gee she's been in there for a while <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm telling you guys you guys got to come out to Wisconsin you, you'll come out to Friends of Nature and you guys will have a blast it is a trip it is a beautiful place and it is so the, the the clubhouse there is a barn and there's a kegerator with the beer and there's this amazing cheap beer local beer called a uh, uh, heilman's special export and it's this it's this beautiful beer in a green can and, and we call them they call them greenies so all green match green place drinking greenies afterwards it's 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 something very special. I, I hope you guys can can come there sometime. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know what? I was um before this all went down, I was going to be flying to because my partner's from uh, just outside of Chicago. Oh, perfect. So I was like, well, we're actually going to fly back in July to see family, and I was going to. My intention was to come out to Wisconsin to Friends of Nature and. and play a bit of fistball but obviously that's now gone by the wayside Ugh. but um that's definitely my plan for the future yeah for sure yeah well i was the same i was i was planning on heading over next year before the world games i thought oh you know it'll be a good one. i'll spend a couple of weeks we'll go out we'll play some fistball then we'll go and watch the world games and that it's all kind of been scuttled with um covid stuff but hopefully um hopefully 2022 is still a chance but then the challenge now will be with that all being moved back 12 months it was kind of my hope was like oh yeah i'll go to usa 2021 and then Germany 2023, whereas now it's like USA 2022, Germany 2023, depending on, you know, what happens with flight costs and stuff. I might, I, uh, I'm not sure if I'll be able to do both, but we'll, that's, yeah, it's, I would love to get out to, to American, yeah, Wisconsin, New Jersey, whatever, and, and, and see a bit of um, grassroots US fistball would be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. We always have a blast. Like, like I said, it's, it's the thing I always looked forward to. And it's, it's, it's always a thing that I look forward to because it's, it's just good. Well, look, I'm telling you it, I know, I'm pretty sure that you can take a shipping container and you can you can book a, a boat ride on a shipping container, and it takes about maybe two months, or maybe like a month to get across a, across the ocean. But you can do it, and and it's yeah, cheaper. Right. And I don't I don't think you have to work at all. I think you can just be there. I, I would look into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you got to spare two months, do, do they see. drill a, a couple of air holes in the shipping container before they put you in it? Or? No, you have to bring your own. You got to bring your own oxygen or bring oh, your okay. own drill. 
What a two months though. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I mean, it's so it's awesome having guys come out. So I think it was actually um, 2013 that a team from uh, Brazil came out for the first time, and and that was partially coordinated by uh, our. I guess he was our coach at the time, uh, Gastão. Yeah, yeah, Gastão. Yeah. And uh, it was a team from Blumenau, uh, Guarani, uh, Esporte Club, and. That was, that was a big memory for me back in the day is I think it was 2013 and this is back when I was really not very good at fistball. It was one of the actually one of the first times I went out to Wisconsin because a couple of the guys who had played in 2011 who were getting ready for 2015 World Championship, that was part of the reason why they came over to, to start playing and that was really the very first time I saw like amazing fistball being played. It's just amazing. It's it's so it's so cool how small the world is and and how easily you can get connected with amazing players and and just people, just people who love the same thing that you love. So I, I know. I think Mal, we were talking about this at one point, saying, "Hey, yeah, guys, yeah. come over for, come over before the World Games. We'll play. We'll we'll do a tournament. We'll mix up teams. We'll we'll play whatever. You know, we'll make it work. We'll have fun however we can. And and I mean, it's the hospitality that we've gotten wherever we've traveled. You know, my friends and I, we went to Switzerland a, a week before. We stayed in Yona. We stayed in uh, Deitingen beforehand and, and we were hosted by them it just it seems like anything's possible with the with the fistball connection you know you can go just about anywhere and and someone will let you crash on your couch and because they because they because they know they know you're the right person they know you get it yeah definitely it's, a, it's sort of that repaying the favor thing and i actually was i can't remember what it was for i was jotting down a list of a couple of weeks ago of international fistballs that have that have been to australia and that have come through and stayed at my house and i th- think i'm in the 30s now of wow you know in five or six years of a 30 something international fistballs that have just crashed at my house i'm like you know what that's awesome australia it's a it's a great place to visit but it's an it's an expensive place for tourists and stuff it's like you know what if i can help you out for three or four days you know come and crash on my couch or spare bed or whatever save a few hundred bucks and go and do something else cool while you're here that's what i can offer to you but yeah it is it's amazing and it's yeah, it's been fantastic, and I'm forever coming home and talking to my partner, be like, oh, yeah, so this guy from Austria has messaged me, he's looking for somewhere to stay, so I told him he can stay with us, and she's like, oh, yeah, okay, fine, whatever, and I'm like, I don't know how happy she is about it. She's a good sport. She's a good egg, she's a good sport. She says, Thank- thanks for making my life more interesting. Yeah, it's actually, speaking of Jess, if I could very quickly go back to, um, you know, reviews of the, the last podcast, she did give one bit of feedback, was stop giving fake feedback under my name, because <laughs> I've just, every week I'm like, oh, I've got to message you from Jess Lynch. Like, I didn't I didn't write that. Stop using my name. Like, you'll be you'll be fine. I thought it was good feedback. Yeah. I, I was mean. I was giving Jess full credit for it, but uh I guess if I have to take it back, I guess I will. So I'll just have to I'll just have to create a couple of fake Facebook profiles and put in my own feedback, I guess. Um so other feedback on the game. Uh I thought the, the quality of the live stream was actually really good. Was it a live stream or was it just recorded for... So this this came together super... I found this dude on Craigslist. Oh, he's this dude, Sean. And he totally came through for us in the last second. And I yeah, it, it was cool. It was, so it was... No, it was, it, we wanted to live stream it, but you know, there's not really... You need like a good Wi-Fi connection and just all, all the logistics. It didn't happen. So we didn't live stream it, but we had everything recorded. When we did the Asia-Pacific champs a couple of years ago like live streaming is like it's amazing if you can do it but it's yeah it's hard it's expensive and it's it's tough to do well yeah i mean i'm super i'm super thankful like i don't even care that this wasn't live streamed i'm glad that we have everything recorded you know i think yeah. it's there's so many oh my god there's so many funny things that are said like if you have the volume all the way up it's so good it's it if you watch all the matches on this playlist and yeah 
you know, topping out at 405 views on, on YouTube. So, you know, after this podcast, it's probably going to hit, you know, 405 mil, I think. Oh, it's go through the roof. You know? The only thing it was probably missing was a, um, this would only be for Mal, I guess, but like a Paul Trask kind of a commentator. Yeah. You know, throwing out the, the yuck yucks over the uh, the microphone in between points. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a couple of guys that were obviously standing within earshot of the camera that were putting out a few comments that were quite good. But yeah, not, no consistent commentary next year um, <laughs> next year but yeah and then, and then and then there was a couple of players that yeah chris graham was one who you, you could hear oh dude really oh, clearly dude, come like on. He, he, oh i'm sorry oh fuck. <laughs> you gotta get there dude you gotta get there <laughs> and i think it's he, he um every time i hear his voice his voice reminds me a bit of um uh jason bateman and he just sort of it was kind of almost like he was you know when jason bateman's the commentator in dodgeball and you can kind of hear him and it's like oh yeah that's i've had i've had i've had fo- <laughs> usually you have to play a double for that kind of action cotton oh it's a bold strategy cotton oh yeah I've had I've had like three or four friends who have met Chris Graham who never met him before and they're like, you know who that dude sounds like? The commentator in Dodgeball. So I'm glad you made I'm glad you made that that uh, that observation. Uh, yeah. so it's not just me. I'm happy with that. It's not ju- it's not just you. So Chris, if you're listening, we love you. We love dodgeball. We love fistball. If you can dodge a fist, you can dodge a ball. Now we're talking. Yeah, it's a decent decent quality live stream. Oh, oh, I'll have you guys know I paid for the live stream by myself. I shell I sh- oh. I shell out the money for the is live this, stream. Is this your way of saying people should be transferring? Okay, well, <laughs> I, w- I don't want to I don't want to throw down a spoiler alert just yet. Um, but there, there if you did pay for it yourself, there is a moment that you probably shouldn't have paid for that I'll get to a little <laughs> bit later on when we get to our game highlights. But yeah, I don't. I don't oh, is uh, it the score messing up? No. Oh, okay. No, it's, this is a, it's a, it, this is. I would refer to it as an as an Easter egg. This is one of those uh, usually those ones you have to find online, like in the director's cut. But oh I'll, my god, but no one else has mentioned it, so I think I'll get to it. All right. Well, let's just jump straight into it. What what are the uh, what are the, some of the highlights of the game? What's your best shot or whatever? Uh, to be honest, I never, I didn't have actually like a best shot. The, I had a best rally. Yep. Uh, which was in the third set at twelve all. There was an epic rally that went on. Yes. For, yeah, it's felt like five minutes, you know, and they went back and forth and back and that forth. That was and and that was that was the set, yeah. And, I, and it was and it felt like the most critical point of the game, and it just it went forever. And Wisconsin ended up winning that rally to go up thirteen twelve, and then they won the next point and won the third set. And you felt like it's going to be tough for SSC to come back from that. And and then yeah, Wisconsin won the fourth set. You just did come back, and after there was that really big long break between the fourth and fifth set. It was like fifteen twenty minutes, maybe I don't know. And then you sort of came back pretty strongly in the fifth set, but then yeah, ultimately um, it was the point of the match, and it was also the most important point because of the circumstances. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching back to that match and saying, "Yeah, that the third set was the one, you know." And the the fourth, you know, the fourth set, you kind of shit the bed, and then there's kind of some score effects happening, and everyone's really tired. So Wisconsin's up three one. We want to push back. It makes sense for us to win the next set in a way. I don't know if you guys have read much about score effects in in sports, but I, th- I think it's a really interesting thing in like the advanced statistics community of like, okay, if a team's up for nothing, the other team's going to push back. They're probably going to score one goal, maybe two goals, but once it gets to that point, the other team pushes back in their own way because they're like, okay, now we gotta we gotta play harder in in that way. Yeah. But yeah, I, I remember watching the video and, and being like, yeah, that was that was the one that kind of that kind of did it, and we had a chance to fight back, but. Also, just like at that point, we were all gassed. 
um, especially Todd hitting. Yeah. You know, he basically hit every single ball in that whole match and in the in the whole day. I'm, I'm watching them. I'm watching the rally right now. It's... I'm glad you're fully focused on the podcast. <laughs> it's not even that the rally goes for a long time. It's there's like a lot of desperation plays in that rally where it looks like the point's over and just someone's kind of gotten a fist on it. Yeah. And it going. I had the exact same thing written down. I had a uh, great desperation plays mm. end of third set 12, 12, 12. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that you're definitely defining. Yeah. So even the slide, the lead up to that point where I didn't have mentioned that I think SSC, you guys were down eight ten, and you scrambled back like three points in a row to go from eight ten down to 11, 10 in front. And you thought, Oh, this could be the game. You know, like that could be the big one. And then it sort of got to 12 and then you lost. And it's like, mm-hmm. you put that big effort in to get it from eight ten down to back in it and then lost anyway. And it's like, that's, that's a harbor when you put that big, big bit of effort in to get back into a set and you ultimately don't win it anyway. It's mm. a, it's a bit of a heartbreaker. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's the big thing. Like if, if we're really talking about fistball again, is that like just mentally playing, playing the game of sets when you're down, you think you can come back to win it and then you don't. And then the set immediately following, we yeah. lose like, I don't even think we maybe like 11, five, like huge, huge letdown from there. You know what I mean? And that's arguably worse than losing that tight set. You know what I mean, and I and I see this in I see this when I watch the you know any of the bigger league games like we had the Swiss and the Austrian and the German finals. It's like it it always seems like after a really tight set, the next one is more lopsided, and it's either in one direction or the other. And I, I think that's that's another thing like mentally is saying like okay, you lose that really tight set, and it's just like yeah. okay, you have to conjure up more energy to fight back in that same way and not. Not be in that mindset of, oh, we just lost, but to be in the mindset of like, okay, we have another chance to win. We're only down one set. But instead, we went down two sets, and then we fought back, but then in the final set, we it, it's clear that we have yeah. nothing left because we gave it all in the previous yeah. set. I mean, you start well. You, I think you win the first three points, and I thought, oh, they're going to keep going with this, mm. but then I think you lose the next eight. And oh, it's God. Like, okay, they're done. <laughs> but you're right, though. It's hard. It's like it's in some of those sets, like if you're down, say, like 10-6, 10-7, like, do you put everything into it to try and come back and, and get that set? But if you come back and almost win it but don't, it, it really flattens you. Yeah. Or do you kind of go, you know what, we're out of this set. Let's just let it go and really come back strong at the start of the next set and sort of start again. It's, it's that catch-22. It's like, you don't want to give up a set, but then if you really put a huge effort into trying to come back into one and you ultimately don't quite get there, it's really disheartening at the same time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think Wisconsin did it. They actually switch out their hitter. They switch out Matt on uh, I believe it's the fifth set that we end up winning. I think either 10-6 or 10-7. Mm. They switched him out to just rest him because it was it it became clear. I think we were up 10-6 or something like that. Yeah. They put in their other hitter Dan, who's you know he's he's a good player, but he's a bit older. And they just they just rested uh, their main hitter. Yeah, just give that give him that few points. Yeah, because we're we're up 10-6, but they're up 3-1 in sets. I think they made the right decision saying okay, maybe we're not going to fight back and win this set, but we have two more opportunities to win. And then in the final set, you know, I mean, we won the first three points and then who knows what happened from there. But <laughs> but then they, they came back and, and, and played a lot better. So I, I, I don't know. I love learning more about this game. That's kind of the big thing. And oh my God, watching the, I know you guys did, already did the review of Funkstadt versus Unterhausstedt. Yeah. But man, like unbelievable match and 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 just from that mental standpoint of like underdog versus big dog 
like wow like Unterhagstadt in that in that final set you know you feel like they just pull and squeeze a little bit too tight yeah. and like want it a little bit too much and it, and it just kind of slips away and the ball is just slightly out you know it's not quite there and yeah. and that's it and that's and that's the game and that and that's what like separates the the underdogs from the big dogs right plus it had that thing that you were just talking about where um the most of the sets where tvu won it was super tight you know 12 10 11 9 but then it'd usually be the next set Funkstad would just kind of 11 5 yeah it'd be another close set that tvu would win and Funkstad would win 11 6 you know it was kind of yeah like, it was kind of flinging back and forth just like you were saying what what did the last the last set of that match what did that end up being oh, if you guys remember it's close i think it ended up being 12 10 or something like that but but Unterhackstedt was up early. Mm. I think they were up three nil or four nil, and then Funkstadt came back a bit, and then they got back. And then they were still, then they were still, up, I think eight five, and they're like, three points away. And then yeah, I think it ended up being like yeah, maybe twelve ten or eleven nine something like that. Like yeah, they yeah, so they were up, they were right there, and just couldn't quite get it done. Uh, they were up, they were up eight five. It's tricky. Playing with the lead as the underdog is like woof. Yeah. What a fun! That was a, such a fun one to watch, though. Yeah. Unbelievable. Thanks, thanks for watching the match too. I know it's like almost two hours long total, but uh, and it's not not the best fistball in the world, but you know. I love the long. I love it. Well, I was saying to Mao actually earlier that I was running out of time to watch the final two sets because uh, I'd seen the first four already, uh, and obviously the podcast was coming up, so I just watched it in one point five speed, uh, which made you guys look uh-huh. really sprightly. Um, pretty good, right? Hitting the ball pretty hard. Yeah, almost <laughs> hitting at Patrick Thomas speeds at one and a half times. <laughs> but it was. I mean, it was, it was still a good way to watch it. I had some um, best shot nominees, I guess. I I liked your. Uh, I'm going to give you full credit for this, Corey. I liked your 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 fake set drop shot mm. where you did the old fake direct set and it went over the net and you kind of went, oh, whoopsies. Seven all in the, seven <laughs> all in the first set. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> there was, yeah, I, I've got that written down. Two points on that one. And this will get to my big shout out at the end, but I'll, I'll give him a little shout out. Is, yeah, it's seven all and yeah, you do the, the muff set that flops just over the net for the winner and then you can just very clearly hear Reinhard Kindler in the oh, background yeah. shouting out, you cannot let him score like that! And I was like, <laughs> hey, Reinhard's in the crowd. <laughs> yep, very recognisable. I will say I, d- I completely intended to do that. So, um, Two of my other highlight shots uh, were there was a diving save by Eric Kindler in the uh, third set where he got fully vertical probably hoping that someone was taking a photo but it was pretty uh, <laughs> pretty awesome effort that he got onto it and then my other, my other third one it's actually the guy the one guy I don't know but I do know his name because his first name because you guys were, kept yelling it out uh Jason Jason <laughs> uh what's that um YouTube video of the guy chasing the uh, his dog the, the dog's chasing the sheep through somewhere through in, in London do you remember that one Matt? <laughs> I don't know it doesn't ring a bell you don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> sounds great though <laughs> what is it like and it's like it's in the middle of London and there's this group of sheep and this dog's chasing him and he's he's like yelling out the name of the dog like exasperated But that's kind of what I associated with um, with Jason throughout that game because you could just hear the Jason, Jason, <laughs> <laughs> and there was he had one where um, where Matt smashed the ball at him. Maybe not. I don't know if he had died, but he had to really stretch for it, and he kept it back in play. And just the 
the crowd erupted. Just everyone screaming, yes, Joshua! <laughs> so I just thought that was incredible. I gave him another. He was, he was definitely the cult, the, definitely the cult hero of. of <laughs> yes, and I'll, I'll get a little bit more onto to Jason later on, but yeah, he, he definitely got a. <laughs> Got a few mentions. Jason, Jason's a baller, man. I mean, and I think Jason had only been playing fistball for maybe a year at that point. And, and he was, you know, he's a volleyball guy, you know. But, yeah, he, he held his own in that game, man. Jason, you know, he, deser- he deserves the praise from the, from the massive crowd. <laughs> the problem is the camera was facing the wrong direction. Yeah, you know, they're you, all... The, you, didn't, you didn't see the, the, the grandstand, grandstand of people yeah. behind... The, behind the camera <laughs> yeah. you just see the the bath you just see the bathrooms but there's 50 <laughs> levels of just incredible i'm telling you you just got to come out there it, it, there's nothing else like it you know trees on one side and grandstand on the opposite side it's it's paradise uh, um and then i i guess i had one other i had one other great shot that i guess i'll just pull out which was um i think i can't remember which point in the game it was it's was pretty late but um someone did a set for, for Wisconsin close to the net. And it was, I think you were directly in front of Matt, uh, Corey, and he like made it look like he was going to hit to the middle and he smashed it perfectly down the line. It was just an incredible winner. Just past a very exasperated Corey because he just realized <laughs> that he was going to hit it there. Oh, God. <laughs> the biggest thing I learned about this game was that um, I tended to overcommit way too early to a to a short ball yeah you got beaten down that beaten on the outside a few times yeah exactly yeah especially in the front if you if you overcommit too early and the hitter is smart enough it's such an easy winner just put it behind him and, it, and you don't even have to hit it hard so, so all your all your momentum's going forward there's no way to stop and go back to exactly it's that it's that little like trace the line and then shoot in at the at the decisive moment when when you notice that they're gonna that they're gonna do it so that was the biggest thing for me tactically learning from this game is saying like, hey, I'm playing this position completely wrong. I'm, I'm over committing way too much and leaving way too many easy shots open. And yeah, what are you going to do? But it's a fine line, right? Because if you leave it to a second later, you're not going to get some of those drop balls. Yeah. Either, so you kind of yeah. have to time it. Yeah. To perfect- that's, that, that, that's the hardest part about learning fistball like to the, to like the next level. Like, you know, the first level, okay, put the ball up, set it high enough hit it deep you know what i mean to get to the next level it's like okay guys are mixing in some short balls and stuff like that especially when you're playing against the south american teams they're they're so crafty with little mm. the little dinkles and the little dangles yeah and and it's just like you wait wait you move 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 and it's like a, it's the split second you either make the decision to go short or you make the decision to stay and, and once you've committed once yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, it's it's cool though. I, I, it's learning, getting getting better at that is is really fun for me. And and when you get it right, it's like aha, there you go. Yeah. Um. The the only other just general sort of game nights I had was um. Eric Eric did try the old switcheroo at one point yeah, where he yes. went up for the right handed shot and then did the left switch, but it didn't work. Yeah. Like it. Yes, uh, Todd Strasberg sort of just got. I was like, "Oh, that would have been a shot of the day if he'd nailed it," but he, he didn't. And the other one, I guess, that was it was actually nice to review a game that I hadn't sort of really watched before and didn't actually know what was going to happen. I, I sort of thought in my head, I, I thought I remembered saying, I thought you guys actually won the game that I thought I'd seen you guys in a you know Facebook post somewhere on it. So I was sort of half expecting you to win. And, but yeah, actually just to watch a game with a fresh set of eyes, not knowing what was going to happen was, was sort of nice. You know, a lot of the games we do are from the world champs last year. We yeah. sort of already know what happens. Um, so that was, that was nice. I thought, but um, 
But yeah, I, th- I think we've kind of covered most of my my major points. There's one point, and I and I wish I, I wish I had it. I wish I had it pulled up. And uh, you know, this is me being selfish again. But there's there's one point where okay, striker hits it. Our one of our guys defends it. I I do this like inside out run from the from like the right side. Yes. An inside out run, and I and I and I like kind of set it inside out with my right hand. Like I should have obviously set it with my left hand, but I set it with my right. Yeah. And it just freaking perfect set and i remember i don't remember where exactly that was but you had a few of those like some diving diving sets very proud of that well they're the hardest ones to set right like when your body momentum's taking you in a different direction yeah, and, yeah particularly if you've got the wrong arm that you're trying to use and just to still because it's not just the height it's like the movement of the ball so if you put just the slightest bit too much on it it's going under the net or over the net or whatever it's yeah i find those really hard to mm-hmm. do particularly when you're falling mm-hmm. forward like, you know, those ones where it's bouncing right before the net. And, you know, the Europeans make it look so easy. They just kind of do a little dink and it just goes straight up in the air. But when I do it, it's like I, I usually hit about three meters back because I, I just kind of overcompensate because I think I'm going to hit it directly into the net. It's um, so hard to do. Yeah, the set, honestly, when, I, when, I'm teaching, when I'm teaching new players how to play fistball, it's like the hardest thing to do is to teach them how to set because there's nothing else really in sports that translates like like fistball setting like volleyball setting kind of with bump setting but if, if someone's a hand setter maybe they'll understand trajectory of like a ball or something like that but just the motion like the kind of pendulum motion and, mm. and keeping your arm steady and, and using the rest of your body it's almost like you're like a beautiful like a ballerina yeah. like a beautiful ballerina trying to set the ball that's what I tell yeah. people, and then they laugh at me. <laughs> well, there's so much geometry <laughs> involved as well, right? Like it's so unique, you know. It's so unique, and like yeah. the the tiniest kind of like calculation of, of like how high and, and how much forward trajectory. I think it's really I think it's really cool. I, I'd like to think that I'm I'm pretty good at it at this point, but it's it's strange. It's totally unique to the sport. I think it's one of the coolest things about it. I guess it's the one where you've got it's that real precision. So like with your def- defensive shot. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like, ideally, you want to aim to get the ball kind of high exactly. and into the middle of the court somewhere to give your setter a good chance. Yeah. And then if you get a good set, your attacking shot, you've got that whole field. So you've got you've got options. You know, you can go for angles, you can go deep. Whereas that, that setting shot, it's like, no, you need to hit this ball yeah. into the middle of the court and close to the net. It's like, if you don't do that, it's, yeah. it's crap. Whereas, like, you can do an average defensive shot, but if the ball kind of sort of lobs somewhere roughly near where you want it to be, it's okay. Yeah, but a, but an average set, it's like we're not going to win this point. Or we're not going to yeah, we're not going to win from this from because you haven't given us a good enough set to win the point here. Exactly. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's the one that try again. Yeah, it's the real <laughs> critical shot, I guess. It is. Yeah, I mean the difference between setting the ball at the servers line and setting the ball at at one meter away from the servers line is like infinite. It's like infinite difference between like the options that a a guy has to hit it but i mean if your hitter's crafty enough they can they can do a lot with with something at three yeah and playing with with todd especially as a volleyball player he has such a good vertical jump and can get a a lot of power behind the ball so even if he's even if he's like three or four four meters off it can still be a challenging hit you know yeah i think i remember playing against lucas lasser in uh in yona yeah. And like, I remember him hitting one ball off of six meters and I'm like, okay, six meters off, we'll be okay. And it was just like, boom. <laughs> yeah, they're next level. And I was like, well, we're not in Wisconsin anymore. <laughs> Fist. Ball. All right, um, let's get onto the votes. Mal, do you want to give your one vote? Yeah, um, I, I, I ummed and a lot with 
my one vote. Um, and there was there's a lot of people I considered putting in. There was I had quite a few honourable mentions. Eric Kindler did some really good things. I feel like uh, I don't know, Corey. You might be able to give a bit more insight into this. I, I don't know if it's maybe part of your game plan, but it seems like you're very conscious of where Eric is at all times and sort of try to keep him out of points a lot. Like whenever he gets involved. Uh, Wisconsin mm-hmm. tend to win points. You know, he's a, he's a great setter, and he's a good. Even as a setter, he's essentially the second attacker too most of the times. And I feel like you could often hear just as you guys are about to hit an attacking shot, someone would call out "Eric's up" or "Eric's back," like is to, sort of to avoid hitting it to him. So it's like while I didn't feel like he had a massive influence on the game, I feel like just by being out there, he had a big effect on what you guys did. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Patrick White, I thought, did some good things. Chris Graham did some good things. You yourself did some had some uh, some really good moments, Corey. But ultimately, the one guy that I had to go for, and I'm going to absolutely throw you under the bus here, Milne, because <laughs> um, he was just he was the barometer throughout the game. And when he was struggling, like he did early in the game, and some points, Wisconsin was struggling. And whenever he just managed to hit some good shots, they started winning points. And before the game started, you just trying to be helpful sent me a list of the team names of the the team lists, Milne, because it, it wasn't listed anywhere. And you had the the, the basically the five the starting five for SSC, and you had four <laughs> of the starting five for Wisconsin and a question mark. <laughs> and your quote was, "I have no idea who the older dude is playing second attack second attack of a Wisconsin, but based on his first touch of the ball, it's very unlikely he'll turn up in the votes anyway." <laughs> I'll probably get edit that out. And so I've, <laughs> and so I went and Facebook stalked him and Jason Bauer, Jason, he, Jason, he was my barometer. And every time when when he was struggling, it was like he's the weak link and they're going to exploit him. And then he just he'd start hitting some shots and and even in that fifth set that we talked about, uh, oh, sorry the sixth set when you guys had just won the fifth set and you're up three nil and you look like you got all the momentum. Mm-hmm. It was yep. actually a duffed Jason set that lobbed over the net that won that first point of that eight point streak. I was like, it was the key. That was yep. it. It was and yeah. Yep. And so for me, I was like, he he wasn't the third best player on the field. He was. He might have been the tenth best player on the field, but when he was good, Wisconsin won the points. And yeah, he was. He was the barometer. He was the yeah, the cult hero. So yeah, <laughs> one vote for me to Jason Bauer. Dude, I I gotta I gotta agree. I mean, Jason, he showed up. I mean, he he made he made the picks when he had to, and 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 he kept him in the game. It was you know he's a baller. I love Jason. I can't wait to see him. Again. Saying, and one other note I did have is that he he also took one for the team, and that if you look at the ball patch on the back of his head at the start of the game to the end, <laughs> he was seriously sunburnt by the end of the game, and would have had a very uncomfortable couple of days with with uh, with with peeling and and whatnot. And I know not not to have a go, Milne, but that's a that's a plight that, that you also suffer. I'm as a perennial hat wearer on the fistball field that you put yourself yeah. out there for a for a seven setter with no hat on. You're asking for trouble, and Jason <laughs> took one for the team on that front too. In my defense, uh, I sent you that team list after the very first point of the game, and he did a horrific set, which he he would admit, because based on his facial reaction, he was very embarrassed by that set. It, it kind of just skewed off his arm and didn't go anywhere, and I think Matt kind of made a fault as a result. And so I thought, okay, I don't know who this guy is. He's probably not going to feature. And he, he might not even be that old. I don't know. I'm sorry. But uh, you know, as a bold guy, I can relate. 
but <laughs> his defense throughout the game was actually really good. Like he his sets, he looked a little tentative with his setting. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. he doesn't have to do it a lot, but he wasn't getting completely around the ball for a lot of his sets. But his his defensive work, he was getting the ball smashed at him, and he kept just kept getting it back into play. He was actually very good in that regards. Yeah, man. Volleyball. Volleyball. I know, I know Jason played a, a lot of volleyball. And I don't know how much. I don't met, only met him a couple of times. He's an awesome dude. He actually drove He drove out to um, Philadelphia one time and then drove back on the wow. same day, I wow. think, for a tournament, which is insane because yeah. it's like a 13-hour drive. <laughs> yeah, no, but, no disrespect to Jason. He was very good. Well, yeah. You gave him but, a, bit of dis, a bit of disrespect in that, that first message. but <laughs> all, respect, all respect to Jason. <laughs> All respect to Jason. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, I think every single every single player, you know, national team level or not, made a really shitty yeah. set or a really shitty miss on yeah. defense during that game. So that that just goes to show you you can you can be somebody who's barely played this game before and you know, you can play with the best. Yeah, I mean he clearly read the play well. So um yeah, no, he was good. <laughs> I I will give my one vote. I actually went with Todd Strasberger. I had four people that I wanted to squeeze into two spots. So in the end, it was the the number of players from WFA that kind of forced my hand because Todd was very important in the game. And when he was on song, he was unstoppable. When those sets were close to the net, like you were saying, Corey, when those sets were above the net or just back from the net, he was unstoppable. I think a lot of the hits that came back were just the ones that were about you know three, four meters back from the net. And he was hitting them hard, but the defense was good enough to get him back. The ones yeah. close to it, you know, he was just hitting those corners like beautifully but i thought that he was um i think i said at the start he looked really tired and yeah. you could just tell that he was um i don't want to say he was over it at times he just looked <laughs> really visibly frust- frustrated <laughs> and so you know i could just tell you could see his head drop and he like he wasn't really um i don't know how to describe it but so yeah so basically i gave him the one vote but he was he was critical for you guys even having a chance in that game and um he was he was saying to himself, "Man, I wish it was just me and Matt on the beach right now because <laughs> yeah. I know what to expect when it's just Matt hitting the ball to yeah. me." Yeah. He he's like he's like I got fucking these three <laughs> other guys. What are like I don't know what to expect. Like it could be really good, it could be yeah. garbage. Yeah. I don't know. But he um that that set where you guys came back, I think it was the fifth set. He he took over that set. That was all. Yeah. Tired. I think you had a couple of nice smashes as well, but um Todd, yeah, he just kind of won point after point. He was super important, so I gave him that one vote. And I actually, it's interesting to see that game and then watching him at the 2019 World Champs that he had taken some steps up even from that game because I know he obviously had to adjust from beach volleyball, which is a very different. And at the 2015 ones, he was uh, not playing as much, a lot and he newer, seemed yeah. very—you could tell—he still had a bit more of a volleyball mentality. But the 2019 one, he was really good we watched you guys play a couple of the bigger teams and he was kind of really matching it with them at times so but yeah he was my one vote uh cory do you have three to one votes or are you just gonna you're gonna sit bipartisan on this one number one vote steve kuchera playing right behind me he was one of my honorable mentions he's my guy just for all around because <laughs> steve's my guy he just got married recently i couldn't make the wedding because of covid for some reason he was insisted on having his wedding during covid but <laughs> Matt, Matt Ogan attended, but I was not as committed, uh, unfortunately. But Steve is just just the guy behind me saying, hey, Corey, you're doing this wrong. Hey, Corey, <laughs> play better. <laughs> and if you, ever, if, you, if you guys have ever met Steve, 
his spectrum of enthusiasm goes from hey to uh <laughs> hey to uh hey come on guys <laughs> set the ball why are we bounce setting come on todd can smash the shit out of the ball steve's steve's the one he's the one i thought he was uh i considered him as well because he was a um i feel like he was a bit unheralded back there he was just kind of he wasn't like standing out by any means he didn't seem to be like diving or doing anything spectacular but he was very reliable back there because every time the ball went there it came back and that's what i what i was talking earlier about about reading the play and it's like steve's not the kind of guy who's making the amazing saves for the ball because he's just always in the right position you know he's he's he he reads the play really well and and puts himself in the right place um but maybe if maybe if he dove more he would get the ball more just a little just a little uh just a little drive by there at the end just nice just a little just a little a little, a little more effort and maybe you get, a, get a couple more balls yeah. i mean i'll roll on i'll roll on to my two votes and i think i gave a couple of uh, honorable mentions to be honest like just looking through there wasn't a there wasn't anyone who I would actually say had a bad game. I think everyone was pretty important. Yes, and I think yeah, Steve Kachera was one that I mentioned. Um, yeah, Matt Ogan did some some great stuff in defence. I was pretty surprised by how well he played because I wasn't expecting him to be down there. And the other guy that I had in a couple of my votes that I, uh, I didn't mention before, and uh, again I'm not totally sure on the pronunciation, but I think is it A A Ron? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's correct. A A Ron when it when A A Ron. A A Ron. A. A. Ron. Yeah, yeah. A. A. Ron. Yeah, he, he, A. A. Ron Renegade was was pretty good at times, but um, <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, I, I guess um, it's it's very easy to, to to give your votes to the attackers, I think, because yeah, they hit the winners and yeah, they get the glory at the end. But um, yeah, Todd Strasberger. When you guys were going well, he was like, I feel like his best was the best fistball I saw anyone play in the game. Like when he was was really rolling, he was the best player on the field. Yeah. But he wasn't consistently great through the whole game. He sort of floated in out. Like when you guys were going well, he was good. But yeah, when Wisconsin seemed to get on top, he just yeah he sort of struggled a bit and, and had a few misses. So yeah, I thought I thought he was really good, but yeah, it just wasn't consistent through the through the whole match. But um, yeah, Todd Todd Strasberg was my two votes. Yeah, it was definitely definitely a game where a couple more hits and a couple more winners from from a second attacker named Corey Don would have been would have been helpful would have been helpful but that was 2018 that was 2018 Corey Don we got 2020 and 2021 Corey Don showing up so it's a whole (laughs) it's a whole new world is what I'm saying I'll uh I'll move on to my two votes so there's two guys I was considering for this position and uh sadly the second one just got pushed out by an account of me having to have someone from feeling like I had to have Todd in there. But really, I was tossing up between Eric Kindler, um, who was really spectacular at times, and really steady, and also Aaron, sorry, A.A. Ron. A.A. Ron. And so, I mean, Eric's, Eric's got a lot of praise in the past. He's an incredible player, so I'm going to give it to A.A. Ron, uh, my two votes. He, um, he, he has the, of everyone in both teams, he has the smoothest setting style that I that I mm-hmm. saw out of the two teams. Yeah. He's got this beautiful flowing style where his arm just like He's like a ballerina. I don't know. It just feels like it's almost attached to him, you know? It just seems very natural. And he was defending incredibly from the back, but he was also doing really good sets right from the back. Um that were just landing, you know, uh perfectly for Matt to smash it. And he was he was great. I think he's is he retired from the national team now? Because he's like he was a coach at two thousand nineteen, right? He, he could always come back. You never he can know. come back. He's welcome. 
he can he can but still yeah, he play. was coaching wasn't he <laughs> he was he was coaching but he he can still play he's a baller cool yeah so here's my two votes he was he was really good uh cory you have a two voter who who did i vote uh, for number three you went for steve kachera Oh fuck! I thought that was my—I thought that was my number one <laughs> well, vote. One point three. Right. So who was your three-point vote? Was he, or your one-point vote? This is like an Australian thing. I'm not following what's happening right now. <laughs> are we voting for? So, are we voting we for? Do, we do like three, three, two, three, two, one is like three votes for best, two votes for second, one vote for three, two, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sport, Sports Center top ten. <laughs> I gotta say, number two vote is the guy who didn't play a single set. Uh, in this final, and is a guy on the sideline. His name's John Jacob, and he is JJ. and JJ, and he is such a good dude. He loves fistball so much. He loves his children so much. He has, I think, he has three kids, but maybe he just has two kids. But he he loves these. He loves his kids so much, and he actually cooked us all dinner uh, the night between um, the sem- the uh, first day and the second day because it was a two day tournament. Um, so I gotta I gotta put my number two vote with with JJ. I think he he was friends with Chris Graham uh, like way back when, like way 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 back when. Just been playing fistball forever, and he's he's one of the guys who like he makes fistball what it is. He loves the sport. He's, you know, he's not doing national team. He's not doing any of this shit. He just loves the sport. He loves being around it. He loves like spending a day at a tournament. He loves cooking up food for people. And and John, he came out for this tournament. He didn't play that much, but he's he was just with us the whole time, you know. And he didn't see a single play on the field um, in this final. And you know, at the end of the day, I feel bad about that because you know you travel all the way out to Wisconsin uh, to do that, but. He's just he's just an awesome dude. I can't say enough about him. I would have probably given him votes if, um, like, I did consider giving him votes, but I just didn't. I saw a real lack of towel waving during the game. Like maybe if he got some <laughs> some helicopter action going with the towels, yeah. Bit of Patty Mills action on the sideline. Yeah. Bit of like holding back the spectators from the field after a really awesome play. You know, I would have. I'm telling. That's what I'm saying. Is that the camera was pointing the wrong direction. Oh. <laughs> you didn't see all the people behind the camera. I saw people walking past him to and. That's from the That's toilet the all game that was yeah i was like who's that guy in the yellow the blue <laughs> yellow shirt guys i'm telling you you're, you're going to come out to wfa you're going to see those toilets and you're just going to be gravitated towards them you, you can't stay away well first them. we'll probably look around at the giant grandstand and go oh shit i didn't even know that was there why yeah. didn't they put the camera on the Again, other not, side not wanting to drop a total spoiler <laughs> alert but when my when i get to my final easter egg gravitating to those toilets is is involved so uh, but but we've got we've got uh, we've still got our three votes to do so i'll i'll, I'll get to those first and, and i think i'll i'll lead us off and I think this one was was fairly obvious. Um, I thought Todd, when he was on song, was probably the best player on the field, but I think by far the most consistent guy and just who was pretty good the whole way through. He he popped up in my votes in, I think, five out of the six sets and was generally near the top was was Matt Henricks, who was pretty, pretty great in attack for... For Wisconsin, he just um, he, he yeah he made a few blues here and there, he made a few mistakes, but generally speaking, he was just he was pretty consistent. He was hitting winners, hitting good serves, and um, and yeah, the, I thought he was good. And when yeah, when he needed a bit of help, Eric um, Kindler seemed to come in and, and hit a few winners here and there. But um, yeah, Matt was Matt was pretty consistently good the whole game. I thought. Yeah, Matt Matt is that is a thousand percent his game is just consistency and not making mistakes. And that's that's always been the way that he plays, and that's what makes him so hard to play against, is because he's he's not always going to hit the the show stopping winner that makes everyone go ooh, 
but he's just he's going to keep everything tight every single time and that's what makes him hard to play against yeah i mean i had my three votes as him as well as my Hendricks. i feel like he's he's very he's like super consistent out there and when he gets a good set he's he's very um he's very creative he may not have the the raw power that Todd has, but he has a lot of power when he gets onto it. It's a laser, but his ability to come at the ball with a straight body and then twist at the last second to hit the, the sideline for some of those hits is really good. Like he seems to be really good at hiding what he's about to do. And he's very creative. He was throwing in a lot of, you know, the backspin drop shots. He's hitting the corners. He's hit direct. He was directing a lot of hits at you, Corey. <laughs> he's like trying to get you out of position. Yes. Um, and he just seems yes. to read the play really well. He doesn't just do the same thing every time, you know. He really tries to mix it up and keep everyone on their toes. And he was, yeah, clear three votes for me. How about you, Corey? What, who's your three votes going to get you? Is this number one or is this number two? Yeah, this is your best. This is your number one. You're not your best player. Number one player of the game. <laughs> I didn't know. I did not know I was voting. On so this. you can you can be Swiss. You can be neutral if you want. You can just say fistball if you like. You can just hold a little little small knife and wave a flag and say we don't want to get involved jack stern for refing no <laughs> camera guy yeah. i don't know yeah. who haven't we talked about i mean dude uh it's hard because i love everyone you know what i mean <laughs> jason come on jason come on ah <laughs> uh, dude i love i love chris graham in the middle i see chris graham making so many good defensive plays like so many good reaction plays and just mm. keeping the ball in play and I've and I've known Chris the longest out of all the guys on uh, on the team. I've, I've known Chris since I was like a right. kid. I mean, he's he's also a guy who's kind of been playing since he was a kid. Right. So, me and me and him kind of have that kinship of like, okay, we've been doing this for a while. Chris actually moved out to Wisconsin, um, I think in like two, 2010 or maybe two thousand nine to like play fistball more seriously. Back when fistball, back when it was like Wisconsin was you know basically the national team. Um, so to play with him on on this level was you know again I'm giving you all these bullshit everything yeah, answers yeah. <laughs> in terms of top players, <laughs> but I but I, I loved I loved playing with Chris in the middle on on this tournament and we did we had the same team in the Pan American Games as well and and yeah I mean Chris lives in Colorado now so it's it's hard for him to link up with all yeah. of us because he doesn't really have a club to play with all the time um, and we we talk a lot on the phone every now and then and. I, yeah, I'll say I'll say Chris just because of that, just because of like that that long term kinship, and you know, you guys already covered all the the big guys, whatever, whatever the yeah. the, the perform the performers, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The grand champion actually, and and you don't see this is uh is Frank Mahler, who uh, did not play in this tournament, but is a, is a fistball player. He built a platform for the camera to go on. Oh. So. Whether you believe there's a grandstand there or not, you have to believe that there's a, a platform for the camera to go on yeah. to give us this very perfect angle where you can you know see the line at the right angle, you can see everybody in the right place. He built it from scratch the day before this tournament. Nice. So got to give a big shout out to uh, Frank for doing that. Yeah, definitely shout out to Frank. That's impressive. Yeah, it was the perfect angle, definitely. Right? Yeah, not too far away. Like you can still see everything pretty well, but the camera can still pan and catch everything. It's it's a it, can be tricky to get that like i even watching those um the german austrian swiss like the german austrian cameras pretty good the swiss one was sort of back a bit too far and i sort of on a little yeah. bit of a funny angle you just didn't couldn't quite see things right it's like it's a, if you're just not quite in the right position yeah if your angle slightly off it, it can you can lose miss a lot um yeah and no, i thought that i thought the camera was was pretty yeah like well i think you mentioned many we we're pretty 
pleasantly surprised at the quality of the camera work um, for this tournament. So, yeah, that was good. All right. Uh, Should I get to my Easter egg? Yes, Easter egg. I've been I've been holding onto this, and I was hoping <laughs> no one else saw it. Oh my and god! I, I almost missed it. I only just caught it. <laughs> and I said I mentioned I've mentioned a couple of times those toilets, and I, I just it kept catching my eye. People going in and out of the toilets all the time. <laughs> and then in between the sets, usually like you know during that minute or two while you guys were off, I'd kind of I was usually off sort of like typing in my game notes and the other thing, and I just caught this as I came back and was like did Corey just have a piss in the bushes like five metres away from the toilets <laughs> <laughs> oh busted the answer the, an- the answer is definitely yes yeah and it's like just in the middle of this nothing happening and it's just you just wander off and for about 30 seconds you're just sitting there taking a slash in the trees like yeah, it's probably 10 or 15 metres away from a vacant toilet block and it's just like, oh, come on, Corey. The camera's always rolling. You know, like, Big Brother's always watching. And I was like, that, that was my, my Easter egg for the game. It was like, if you, if you didn't see it, go back and scroll to the end of the third set. And uh, you could just watch Corey take a piss for about 30 seconds in the middle of the game. As I said, guys, friends of nature. <laughs> yeah, just Friends definitely. of nature. Nothing, there's nothing to hide. Definitely watering that lush forest at the back of the field. There's nothing to hide out there. That's why I felt so out of place in. That's why I felt so out of place in Switzerland. It's like, it's like, where do I pee? I'm I'm right near the fistball field. Where do I piss? I gotta run all the way inside to the stadium to to go piss in there. Wait, so was was Corey peeing into the grandstand? Is that what you're saying, Mel? No, it's like he's he's off with his back to the camera, like into like yeah. You know, there's all the trees and stuff just off on the you know ten meters of the field, but it's still just like right in the middle of the camera. Like, just off to the back of the field. It's, he's very close. Like, the, the toilet block is 15, 20 metres away max. And there's there's no one in there, because I watched that toilet block for pretty much the whole game. There's definitely... It was a vacant toilet. He just... No, I'm, I'm, I found it right now. I'm nowhere near the toilets. I'm basically at the server's line. <laughs> it's it's, it's 50, 5306, if you go on the YouTube video. 5306 through 53 oh, it was like a 20 second piss at least 10 seconds nowhere near the toilets <laughs> oh my god solid effort Fist. Boy. all right should we, should we try and wrap this up seeing as i think it's almost one in the morning for yeah you. we're almost there yeah, this is gonna be. This could be like a proper three-part saga, Milne. We're over three hours now. This is. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna try to edit it down to two. Maybe there'll be like what an hour and twenty each or something. But all right, let's um, let's do shout-outs. Let's do shout-outs, guys. Um, does uh, anyone have some? Malcolm, do you want to? Corey, either one of you want to start? I'll shout out to our our uh, our new men's. National team head coaches Theo Theodoro Kologulu, which I am definitely pronouncing correctly. Yeah, that sounds right. And uh, the Greek freak Rodrigo Salas, our assistant coach, who uh, are doing some really good work organizing us for the next world championship and uh, potentially doing some winter trainings down south in the U.S. COVID pending, so we'll, we'll see, but. Wanted to send a shout out to them because they're doing a lot of good work, kind of getting us going for the next phase of, of everything. And, you know, obviously things got kind of mucked up 
um, we, you know, you kind of have that momentum coming off the world championship and you're like, okay, 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 what's next? What's next? What's next? And then, you know, so yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a challenge and, and just trying to, trying to keep it going. You know, I have to shout out to them and, and just say, hey, let, let's, let's keep it going. And, and for me, God, I'll, I'll shout out everyone at everyone in U.S. Fistball who's like keeping things going because it's not that much bigger than what you guys are doing. You know, it's just it's just a matter of, OK, we've been doing it for longer and we have a certain level of experience, but it's not like it's not like we're this big organization that has everything figured out. It's, you know, it's a couple different people. It's a couple a couple different clubs just trying to figure out, OK, how can we how can we just keep making little steps forward? You know, it's not going to be boom, boom. We're not going to be on a certain level right away. It's going to be like a gradual process of like slowly climbing and then like oh you gotta get knocked down a couple steps and you gotta fight your way back up and then you get knocked down again and then oh maybe you make a big jump and then you kind of get knocked down again it's like that song you know you get knocked down and you get but you get up again up again uh strawberry kisses by nikki webster yeah i know that one (laughs) international hit (laughs) that's my shout out uh no um I'll give I'll give my shout out. I, I've been sitting on this one for a few episodes. Actually, it was oh Corey, we, yeah, we we've been trying to hoping to get you on for a little while, but with your sort of floating work roster because of COVID, yeah, we've we've uh, stalled a couple of times and we, we've had to wait on it. But I wanted to wait till um till uh, till we sort of had this American themed episode to give this shout out. But and I've mentioned him a couple of times already throughout the podcast. But I think he's probably one of, if not the my favorite people that I've met through my entire fistball journey is Reinhard Kindler. Yeah, man. And he's just, I love him. He's, his enthusiasm for the game is, is amazing. And like the first time we encountered him was when we were in Argentina five years ago. And he was just this random guy who just came up talking to us. We're like, we had no idea who the hell he was. But he's just like, I love what you guys are doing, you know, and you know, you're not the best out there, but you know, just remember that like, Every set starts at zero zero, and you're a chance. And we were like, I don't, I don't, yeah. We're like, I don't really know what that means, but it kind of sort of became our our motto for the for the rest of the yeah. the tournament. Was like, yeah, zero zero, guys, zero zero. And I mean, it was useless. We were we were terrible in that tournament. It didn't help us one little bit. But it was but it was very memorable. And then and then I you know and then I hooked up with him again in um in Switzerland last year and I spent quite a lot of time like watching games with him and doing it and he's and uh, him and, and his wife his name escapes me just at the moment and, and Eric like uh, the whole Kindler family are Lisa, Lisa Lisa that's right Lisa and they're, they're all just they're fantastic people and and um, I really really enjoy hanging out but, but I think as much as anything like the thing I love the most about about Reinhardt is he's kind of he's kind of living the dream and like he's a guy I want to be in 20 years time like he sort of followed the journey that I kind of want to follow and that he's been around, he's played fistball. Like he did his sort of thing when fistball was starting out in Wisconsin, you know, he kind of helped it out. And, and now he just travels around watching his kids play, his kid play fistball, drinking beers and going to all the big tournaments and mm-hmm. screaming from the sidelines. And I'm like, that's who I want to be. Like I want to be in 15, 20 years, like in Europe, watching my kids play fistball, drunk, shouting things from the sidelines and he also he sent me my um my beer koozie or cozy that I'm drinking from and my shirts and oh. stuff. So um yeah, a big big shout out to all the Kindlers, but Reinhardt in particular. 
Yeah, we still use that phrase to the day, the zero zero. <laughs> so good. That guy, he has that guy. That guy has so much passion for pissball. I love it. I, I love it so much. You know, it's so it's it's Reinhard and um and then Stevo, who he's the shorter guy with the really white hair, kind of slicked back, and and so oh, yeah, he's yeah. he's Matt Hendricks' yeah. dad. So it's Eric Kindler's dad and Matt Hendricks' dad. Oh, okay. And and those guys, they're always sitting together on the sideline of the field, like watching, analyzing, drinking beers, hanging out together, like being so loud and passionate about the game. It's like, especially when I go out to Wisconsin to go play, I'm like, all right, these, these guys are watching. They, they're, they're seeing everything that's happening. Yeah, I'm always, looking, I'm always looking for them in the crowd. I think there's actually a great shot in the in like 2015 video in Argentina. I think it might be the final, like Germany versus Switzerland. And like the two of them are like front row. Yeah, you're right. I think there's another one. I was watching a game. I think it might've been like the under 18 world champs. Was that in the USA a few years ago? Maybe like 2017 or something? 2018, yeah. 2018, yeah. And I think it was Germany were playing Switzerland or Brazil. I can't remember exactly now, but I I just remember watching this game and Eric and Steve were just, uh, sorry, Reinhard and Steve were just front row center. Yep. Like pole position, like the like the two old guys in the Muppets. Yep. Just yeah, you know, yep. they've yep. got their seats and they're they're loving life, and it's great. That's exactly what they are. They they're they're the two old guys from the Muppets who are but who are they're both they're both heckling you and Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, <laughs> loves it. It's so perfect. That's exactly with who they are in the in the best way, in the absolute best way. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, I'll get to my shoutouts. I've got three to quickly smash through i'm just going to give my shout outs to the two usa jerseys i have so jack stern <laughs> two um, six uh so this is the jersey i'm wearing right now perfect fit uh i'm also going to give a shout out to ron jesswin uh he was actually the first usa fistball player member that i met actually on the way to the 2015 world champs we're in the uh santiago airport and i was just wandering around because there's a bit of a delay until the next flight and we just um i just saw a guy the big US FA jacket on and went up and just introduced myself and he was there with his wife Tamara and they were just the nicest two people and they were just you know like really welcoming and just talking you know very passionate about American football and kind of we had a good chat there and then we caught up throughout the the rest of the tournament and then we ended up swapping jerseys at the end and um but then a couple of months later I actually went back over to the states with my partner and I caught up with him in Milwaukee oh, nice. and uh, we just went to a pub and I brought him a giant can of uh, Foster's as an Australian gift all the way from Australia <laughs> which he appreciated <laughs> played played knifey spoonie with him which was a yeah which was pretty good fun so that was really good to catch up with him um so a shout out to ron and um my final shout out is an administrative one uh the shout out goes out to eric maddox Maddox. yeah the lion storm and uh former australian fistballer who said he'll pay his membership fees when i do a shout out on the podcast so this is um (laughs) this is this is my administrative duty dog pay your bloody membership fees so in that case i think you should make him sit through the entire three hours and 20 minutes of podcast (laughs) before he gets to his his shout out and his 20 bucks absolutely and he has to pay for last year as well because he didn't get around to bloody signing up last year as well. So two two years worth of membership fees, dog, get on it. Classic. So that's my shout outs. Very good. So I guess we'll wind up. Corey, thanks so much for giving us uh, three hours and 21 minutes of your time on a Friday night. Feels like we barely started. So <laughs> anytime. I'm here for you guys. There's, 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 there's way more to, there's way more to say and there's way more to talk about, but. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, let's sign off. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, fist on, guys. Thanks, Corey. Who root? Thanks, Corey. Fist on. Fist on. Snake. Big snake. <laughs> SSE. SSE. <laughs> hey, root. All right. Hey, root. <laughs>